Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. This week we're deep in quarterly reporting season and so naturally as promised last week we've got some more results for you to discuss. I'm joined this week around the desk of insight by Andrew Sankster, our editorial director, by Catherine Dogrell who is our perspective editor and I myself am Chris Bound, the web editor. Uh, we're based in the UK, we cover the hotel investment market globally and if you want to read more about what we think then please take a look at hotelanalyst.co.uk. We're going to start this week by talking about uh, the CEO of a hotel group who's probably got the sunniest smile on his face this quarter because they're not extensively based in the US. And that would be uh, Sebastian Bazan from Accor, who's had a solid last period. Catherine, do you want to tell us uh, some of the highlights? Yeah, What's nice behind the smile? What's well, behind, what's the, behind smile? the smile? The, the, the huge, huge benefits of not being in the US um, have made themselves more than apparent at Accor, um, where RevPower was up 2.9%. Um, they saw 5.2% net organic system growth, and EBITDA was up by 5.1%. And... Uh, even more excitingly for them, um, the new businesses division is no longer a swirling cesspit of suffering. Um, in fact, they've sorted out all their issues at One Fine Stay and John Paul, you'll recall at One Fine Stay, they got rid of a significant number of their properties and now only go with ones they can rent out all the time when it makes more sense, given that they uh, add certain services on top of that. So it's all fine. And in fact, everything apart from One Fine Stay and John Paul, they said we're seeing double digit revenue growth, very profitable. We've dealt with all that. And so, of course, um, the, the observer's mind turns to what are Apple going to buy next? Because uh, they haven't bought anything for a while. And, um, and by a while, I mean about a month and a half, which is 60,000 years <laughs> in Apple terms. They're practically dormant at this point. Um, so, uh, so yes, but you'll recall they were getting shot of things at Orbis and anticipating that well, they might do something with that. So Jean-Jacques Morin, their um, deputy CEO and CFO, said... Well, you know, we're going to analyse what we're going to do. Are we going to do a cash return? Are we going to do some M&A? He did point out their stock price has recovered a little after having had some trying times, largely related to the announcement they made about investment in all their loyalty programme. And so it really probably was looking less attractive, he said, to be doing that. So Accor back buying stuff. What stuff will they buy? It's terribly exciting. Um, the analysts were a little um, disappointed and peeved, obviously, a, they haven't bought anything in the last 10 minutes. And um, B, that after all the excitement around the 225 million euro investment in all, um, nothing's really happened. And in fact, they said in these results, they've invested uh, 10 million so far. And everyone said, oh, but I thought that was going to be your great big exciting thing for this year. And we all tanked your share price as a result and so on. I can't do the voice. But, um, <laughs> but it turns out that it's going to be more towards the end of the year. So you can look forward to more things like that. So what will they buy? Will they buy something that's going to cheer up their loyalty program? Um, I should imagine they're not terribly interested in buying something in the US at the moment. Um, so, you know, Kempinski still on the block or something else. They like these unusual technology companies and things that can add different services and provisions along that line. So if you've got something to sell, now's the time to knock on their door. I think actually they ought to be buying something in the US. But um, what the interesting thing I think for Not me... Not a soybean farm, presumably. No, no, no. That might suffer a little bit with Trumpian tactics. Um, the interesting thing for me, if you look at Accor, so it made 4.8 billion euros from um, selling off the properties through Accor Invest. And it's only had to hand back... 850 million in the form of a share buyback there was another 323 million came back via dividends but the bulk of it three quarters more than three quarters nearly 80 percent of the cash has been 
ploughed into other stuff, including acquisitions, which is a sharp con. Whitbread. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, you're a, you're way ahead of me. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, which is a sad, sad reflection. I think the state of and and also you could look at IHG, who's who's you know under Richard Solomon's in particular did very little um, on the M and A front and missed the the great opportunity that was Starwood. Um, so, but you know, they are going to be saving lots of money in tiny, tiny toiletries now, though, aren't they? So, or saving, saving money or saving the planet I forget which one yeah neither <laughs> neither really but <laughs> moving on um <laughs> So if, if you look at the Accor, this slight re-rating of the share price, they are still lagging behind their global hotel major peers um, that are listed um, in, in terms of their share price. And I still, I still think there's a nervousness there. And I think uh, where, why it has come back a little bit, perhaps, is because Accor is sort of putting into itself into reverse gear from all the fancy stuff it was trying to do, all this augmented hospitality stuff not formally announcing it's quitting it but it but it is actually saying a lot more about the more conventional stuff such as you know just adding more hotel contracts and um, there seems to be a much bigger focus on that and saying that we're 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 much more focused now on these traditional areas and that has reinsured investors um as far as you know interesting so richard clark an analyst at bernstein um put an interesting note out um, a month or so ago and um, sort of he was putting Accor as an outperform and one of the reasons he gave was that Sebastian Bazan only had a year left on his contract which is <laughs> an interesting way of looking at it oh it's going to get better because <laughs> the CEO is about to depart um, but uh, maybe maybe true but I, th- I think there's a general feeling that uh, from the investor community that um they want this is from the the shareholder investor community um that they want Accor to get back to being more of a traditional um hotelier they like what bazan has done to take Accor asset light move out of leases sell off all of the owned properties they've been a lot more wary about this other stuff um such as the augmented hospitality and all Accor live limitless um the loyalty scheme and 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 stuff like that um which makes them a little bit oof, you know just not just not sure um and the other thing that uh, Richard Clark suggested was that uh, um, the the share price might be ticking up a bit because you know there is the the background it might be acquired. Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't. Not by Marriott. No, I don't. See. Oh gosh, there you go. There you go. I was waiting for that. I just don't see. <laughs> <laughs> With Nicholas Sarkozy on the board, I, I, you know, that political connection, I just don't see Accor succumbing to a to a hostile takeover. I just don't, I don't see that bit. So, but I, I think you don't think that Bazan's got one last move. Ooh, selling out to the Chinese. Um, no, he is a sell out, sell out to the um, to the Qataris. Always, that's what he did Qataris. at PSG. Oh, oh, well, there you go. That's a possibility, I guess. But yeah, no. Uh, I, bet. I <laughs> wouldn't buzz, be better, but that. not. <laughs> but not, yeah. In, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I like Accor. I have to say, and I, I think they have got a great. I mean, in terms of their market positioning, and we heard um, we were about to go and talk about Hilton about the opportunity they see in the mid market. And Accor, of course, is the dominant force in European uh, 
hospitality in that mid-market space with Ibis, with Novotel. I mean, it, it's got that and it's got, you know, huge market share, huge market presence. Um, it, it just suffers from the much more fragmented nature of the European marketplace and, and feels the ill winds that come off OTAs and so forth um, and it's just trying to find its way through all of that whereas the Americans have a more consolidated market um, and a stronger pricing power and have been able to sort of to keep the OTAs at least in their domestic market more in check. Um, I, I, I think that aspect of of the um, the tug of war, as it's referred to in the Expedia's results, which we're going to come on to at the end of um, this podcast, um, this tug of war now is is a bit more towards the hotel side of the line. So I, I think it it's in, in that sense, I think Accor is pretty well positioned. I think it's it's a company whose time is is coming, and I think it, it deserves to be re-rated. Thank you and from uh, the, what's going on in Europe to let's take a look across the uh, pond where certainly the depending on how you measure it the RevPAR numbers are starting to look like they might be written in red and uh, I think for Chris Nassetta uh, Hilton it was less smiles all around more gritted teeth and perhaps a little bit of furrowing in the brow. Catherine do you want to run through some of the details? Indeed, yes, they've lowered their full-year RevPAR guidance from um, from one to three percent growth to one to two percent growth, um, anticipating um, some slight sadness, um, not just in the US, but in, of course, overseas, where the US has been making its presence felt, um, and been lots of chat about different types of flag waving on the call. Um, obviously, all this relates to Trump and his American flag waving, but Chris Nassetta said he hasn't seen a red flag. But he has seen a cautious flag. Um, I'm not a sailor, so I don't know what the cautious flag looks like. Um, as far as I can tell from this call, it's slightly gritted teeth and possibly a slightly green colour. Um, but outside that flag-based interest, um, the things are, are, are ticking along, the pipeline is up, um, they are not seeing any impact on developers so far by all this uh, great sadness. And yes, as Andrew mentioned earlier, it's all about the mid-market. Um, Chris has said described True as a mega brand. It's going to be even bigger than Hilton, um, Hampton rather, um, as a yay. Um, but in case they're not getting too much out of the mid-market, they're also launching um, so one, or, one or two new brands, a new upscale lifestyle hotel brand and a luxury lifestyle brand in the next, um, well, next six months for the first and at some point for the second um, and the setter said that'll be 19 brands we're up to uh, so we don't need to buy any more um, which he's right of course and uh, and much power to their elbow they don't buy stuff we'll see if they buy Accor obviously Mm. Uh, it, it, the first thing to say um, when you look at these numbers is it's not all about the rev par because while the rev par is yeah, as, as chris pointed out um not looking that pretty uh in terms of profitability it's looking very good and hilton lowered its rev par guidance but raised its guidance as far as profits were concerned and at the end of the day that's what uh, shareholders care about most is the profits as uh, long as they're sustainable and they're looking pretty sustainable and well, the great thing that Hilton has done I think is gain market share at the expense of its rivals and continued a fantastic rate of net unit growth nug so if we just talk about Accor I mean their net unit growth is not bad five percent but Hilton's is stronger it's six point five percent and I think Hilton um, deserves bit like Accor, I argue, deserves a bit of a re-rating. So does Hilton, I think, relative to Marriott, which still has the highest multiple simply from the, its 
position as being the the biggest of of all of the global hotel majors um, I think Hilton should and deserves a bit of a re-rating for the success it has has demonstrated so I mean l- l- True is a good example of that. So True is in this market, this mid-market position, which Chris Nassetta, the CEO, says is sort of 35 to 40% of overall hotel demand is in that mid-market space. And True's there, currently just gone through the 100 hotel barrier, but is going to overtake, um, it's probably going to take a couple of decades to do so, but it will overtake Hampton, which is at 2,500 hotels. So there's masses of opportunity there, masses uh, of chance to keep that nug up at five uh, percent and above um, and i think hilton's done a good job of it so far and i think they, they look well positioned to keep doing a good job and finally we're going to move on to expedia uh the ota uh, where catherine is going to tell us how marvelously their snappily named verbo is doing i'm sure uh, and then uh, followed shortly by andrew giving sports fans a bit of a delight to talk about a tug of war apparently uh, that's what he <laughs> promised us earlier so catherine uh how are the, our Expedia's numbers looking? Uh, yes, looking very perky. Um, so yes, their EBITDA was uh, so perky, in fact, they're 11% up that they've increased the lower end of their guidance for the um, for the full year. So woo, fantastic news for anyone who is or isn't trying to deal with the Expedia at the moment. Um, and uh, and Verbo uh, is still the name they're going with with that, um, <laughs> for some reason. Um, but sticking with it, added, oh goodness, ridiculous number of it, 40,000 properties um, in the last quarter, so just lunacy. Um, so yes, well, Verbo's now at was it like 2 million online bookable listings or something equally ridiculous. Um, so you sell these places. Of course, they've previously warned that with these alternative um, properties, it's not really too much with the with the profits but um, but it's nice to be able to choose from all these things and of course this is what they're trying to do so there was lots of chat on the call about becoming the world travel platform and when I went to their thing in Vegas in December there was a lot of this about how it's not just the one brand it's not just going to be Verbo or it's not just going to be Expedia it's going to be a full travel experience um, and if that doesn't sound frightening if you're a hotel then probably it should and you're not um, listening or paying attention enough because their global dominance is very much they're going to be their thing um, obviously Mark Ockerstrom is a little bit concerned about Google everyone's a little bit concerned about Google but um, but in the meantime his plan is to dominate everything um, and it seems to be coming along quite well so yes watch out hotels not so well if you want to go by railway actually because the rail piece is something they're quietly getting out of they had a had a big push into that and it's simply not worked out for them they couldn't make any money out of it um in fact they just lost money so they're they're quitting that and closing that aspect of their operations down so they do they do get out of it and um it does kind of make you wonder where they're heading with the verbo thing because as catherine says it's not as profitable as they i think hoped when they bought home away um thoughts at 3.2 billion a year or two ago um so there is the, there is an issue there for them but i i think yes in terms of where they sit that this idea that you can actually book your whole travel through them is 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 quite a powerful thing and um, I, mean, I for one as a as a punter um find it quite helpful to have my flight and my hotel all combined and indeed you know hotel companies are, are understand that and going to Chris's tug of war reference you know this is what 
um, they want to end this tug of war fight is it more towards a pendulum if you like more towards um, hotels or more towards OTAs um, what Ockerstrom said was look it should be about um, leveraging each other's strengths and creating shared value um, mm. <laughs> and um, it, it can I mean it's so married yeah well dear don't go there um so marriott vacations for example so if you go on that that's entirely delivered by expedia at the back end it's a white labeled thing and you can go through so i went to a conference over in bangkok and i actually bought it on expedia but um had i bought the, the same package which should have been available at the same price um i'd have got all of my marriott points uh, doing that um but they didn't uh, um, i was unaware of that at the time till i chatted to the the expedia a chappy at the conference who pointed this out um and i, th I think we are now i hope as an industry learning um how to live with and understand what the otas are and it's it's got quite boring this 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 constant ranting about them as being a huge problem and i think we you know as an industry we're moving beyond that and understanding actually that things are pretty tough for the otas too with it's got Aww. this ongoing oh yeah exactly but <laughs> got this ongoing tussle with google um which is quite a big one um and it's interesting what expedia had to say on this which was that yeah we can shift you know um, out of the performance marketing piece which is basically the, the what they have to shovel towards google to get people to click through to the expedia website um they're moving away from that in the u.s but in the in the international markets particularly the newer international markets they're having to increase their spend in that so google is going to carry on making hay um except presumably in china um but um in other international markets where expedia is having to spend the cash google will carry on making the cash doing very nicely out of it but from a hotelier perspective i think if if we can get to a more balanced relationship and maintain a more balanced relationship i think all will be good and this 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 tug of war will be you know cooled off and be declared a draw and on that conciliatory note We'll finish this week and speak to you next time. Bye for now.